You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, January 4th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Steve Hellwagon. Man, 2021 is off to a great start, Steve. Thanks to the Buckeyes. Kicking some Clemson butt. We're going to start with that. Uh, We're going to get into the national championship game in a moment, which is exactly a week away against Alabama. But how sweet it is, Steve. The Buckeyes finally got the Clemson monkey off their back, and it was a beatdown. I mean, Ohio State beat them down. They had more than almost 200 yards more total offense than Clemson, and 49-28 is the final score. Almost doesn't even do it justice. Buckeyes got down 7-0. Then they were down 14-7, and then from there, they just destroyed them. You were there covering it. Oh, I'm just still smiling ear to ear just thinking about it, Steve. Just uh, your thoughts in general on the beatdown of Clemson. Yeah, this was a game Clemson got out 7 nothing, 14-7, to and you're thinking, man, is Ohio State's defense going to get a stop? Well, then, like, the next six or seven possessions, Clemson managed, like, one touchdown, and that really – I mean, we're all fans of offensive football, and this was an offensive football display on both sides, really. But Ohio State's defense gave – Ohio State's offense, the ball back in position where it could go down and score. And the Buckeyes just kept mounting one drive after another after another. I mean, the numbers that they were putting up were astounding in that first half. I looked down at one point and they were averaging 11 yards every time they snapped the ball. And this was against a Clemson defense that was a top 10 defense nationally, giving up about 280, 290 yards per game. And Ohio State at halftime had 394 yards, and it was 35 to 14, and they had run the ball efficiently. And when that happened, Clemson had to walk the safety up into the box, and then they threw over the top efficiently. Some of his deep balls were uncanny. And in, in warmups, he was hitting one 50-yard throw after another. Now, obviously, it was against air, but he was putting the ball on perfect position at the goal line for his guys three or four or five times in a row. I just happened to watch it because let's just see what his thumb situation was. And he was perfect. And then guess what? He carried it over to the game and he was perfect. And they mixed in the tight ends. I I was on Mobile Alabama radio this morning and I'm sure they appreciated this analogy. I said, this was reminiscent of them beating Miami in the Fiesta Bowl in 03 and beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in 2015. They punched the bully in the mouth, and the bully had no response. And to me, that's exactly what happened here. Ohio State just was too physical, which I predicted. I said Ohio State's physicality is where they'll win this game, and that's exactly what happened. And it was even bigger and better than anybody could have ever imagined or hoped. Uh, It was glorious. It's going to, you know, it's we're all prisoners of the moment, but it was certainly – one of my top three Buckeye games ever to watch. You know, it's just, it, it was for a you know variety of reasons. I mean, the biggest being that Clemson has owned Ohio State and for them to exact revenge like they did, it was just, 
it was so sweet. All right, let me ask you this. How dumb is Dabo? Why are you poking Ohio State like this? Why are you ranking them 11th and then doubling down? I mean, thank you, Dabo. Thank you. If, and, he, and he's, oh, well, that's, that's not going to motivate anybody. I, I guarantee you that motivated them. Ryan Day, I don't know if he would admit it publicly, but I guarantee you that motivated them. What was Dabo thinking? I guess maybe pride cometh before the fall. I, I, what is he thinking here? He wasn't thinking. And uh, there you go. You know, you know, and here's the thing. He knew on that Saturday after his team had won the ACC championship that they were going to play Ohio State. It was just lined up perfectly for Ohio State to be the three and Clemson to be the two and Notre Dame and Alabama to play. So he knew full well he was playing Ohio State, and he still overtly took the step to downrate Ohio State. And then, you know, he chose this hill to die on, and he's died on it. There's no question. I said, you know, well, spring football's in in seven weeks. You know, get, get up for that because you talked yourself right out of the playoff. And Ohio State didn't need any extra motivation. I mean, you saw the ESPN clips with Fields back at the Woody Hayes Center and the score of the game is in the background for a lot of the practices that they had and everything. So, you know, it didn't make any sense to, to, to jab somebody uh, that you're playing like he did. And he just – it was like he got started with it and couldn't get stopped. And uh, so, you know, that's the way it went. Uh, maybe, you know, he as a veteran coach will learn that, you know, it's better to just keep your mouth shut and not discuss the opponent because the opponent is uh, more than capable to, to shut you up in this case. And, uh, you know, this this beating was swift and absolute by Ohio State, as we said. I mean, it was it was thorough. This was what there was not a fluke. There wasn't a call. There wasn't uh, anything that uh, was controversial about it in any way, shape or form. They just went out and beat their ass. I mean, that's just the long and short of it. And, uh, you know, from Ohio State standpoint, they put it together. They've had some uh, games this year where they were a little suspect. The Northwestern game was not their best game. And they came back and played the best game Ohio State's played in years, in my opinion, against a good opponent. So, uh, you know, they deserve all the credit. Yeah, it was right up there with the Alabama win six years ago, the exact same stadium. And it's just the parallels are eerie. Um, and, Awesome. Now, Justin Fields, obviously, we're going to get a chance to talk to him later today. We're going to get a chance to talk to head coach Ryan Day. I don't know how much they're going to say about it, but what's your gut feeling here? How healthy do you think Justin Fields is? I'm sure he is sore as heck. Do you think he broke ribs? I know I'm just asking you to kind of spitball here, Steve, but what's your, uh, what's your gut feeling on how Justin Fields is feeling? Well, I think wild horses would have to keep him away from the field on Monday against Alabama, and you hope that he is uh, healthy. If he is injured, bruised ribs, uh, broken ribs, whatever it may be, uh, he'd probably wear a flak jacket to try and protect uh, that area. That is such a vulnerable vulnerable area, that lower back side area, you know, you don't really wear a lot of pads there. So, again, that's an area that Alabama, you know, may try and attack him on their pass rush to try and knock him out of the game. I don't know. Um, but I thought the call was right. I thought – to lead with the crown of the helmet is very dangerous. And people made parallels to the Ryan Shazier hit that put him in the hospital for months and uh, put his life in peril. And so uh, there's a reason there's player safety initiatives and uh, you know, for the hitter and also the person being hit. And so I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, Fields played through it. 
what a gutsy performance. This may be go down as one of the most uh, gutsy performances we've ever seen by an Ohio State player to play with an injury like this and lead his team to victory. Not just play, but play extremely well. He had 42 yards rushing. Um, some critical gains on running plays. Escaped uh, trouble, was only sacked twice. A 385 yards passing, most ever by an Ohio State player in a bowl game. Six touchdowns, also a record in a bowl game, and also I think ties the a single game record for Ohio State. So what he did was nothing short of uh, phenomenal. Are they going to need to stand on their head again like that to play Alabama? That is the big question. And uh, they've got 10 days, you know, now down to seven days to get up for it. So we'll see. Yeah, it's it's uh, just a week away. It's it's fantastic that they put themselves in this position. All right, looking at the defense before we get look at the Alabama matchup. Um, Kerry Combs gets a lot of credit here. He's been a guy that you know I think a lot of Buckeye fans and um, a lot of us in the media, you know, we're wondering. You know, we we know he's an energetic guy, easy guy to root for, excellent recruiter, excellent defensive backs coach. How is he going to be as a defensive coordinator? And we really weren't going to know until he faced an elite offense. And you're not going to shut down Clemson, and they didn't shut him down, but they they played a hell of a game, Ohio State's defense did. I give credit to a bunch of guys on that side of the ball, the players, and I give a heck of a lot of credit to Kerry Combs and that defensive coaching staff. Yeah, I agree. It did look a little suspect early in the game with Clemson moving down the field. And I asked Coach Day about it after the game. And he was very complimentary of the defense and the plan. And he said that the key to the whole thing was Clemson did not hit big plays. So Ohio State's defense chipped away and kept the ball in front of them for the most part and made Clemson take it in seven and eight, nine-yard chunks to where you always have a chance to get them off the field as opposed to the one big play like we saw last year with Lawrence running in the screen passes to uh, ATN. They hit him a couple times with that for some good gainers, but it was never a case where it was a two or three play drive and they scored quickly. It was never like that. So the defense uh, really did a, a phenomenal job. And individually speaking, you kind of touched on it, uh, Pete Werner, I thought, was fabulous. Uh, Tough Borland was the defensive MVP. You could have given this to any one of several people. Justin Hilliard. Yes, that's I who mean, should have he, got it. He should have been yeah. defensive MVP, Justin Hilliard. Yeah, go ahead. He, he made some plays. He recovered a fumble. He had a tackle for loss. There was a critical third down where he, he put Rodgers into the ground once and he put ATN into the ground once on third down, I think both of them, uh, to get critical stops. And then at the end of the game, you had uh, Tommy Togiai, Jonathan Cooper, and Tyreek uh, Tyreek Smith all out there. And in some combination, they either combined on a sack or a third or fourth down incompletion, I think, by Lawrence. They hit him as he threw. So either they were getting the sack to get off the field late in the game or they forced an incompletion or they pressured him into the interception you know, just any way you want to put it, the front, as the game went on, they got stronger and they got better. And to me, uh, that was what it was against Northwestern. That was the key to that win for the defense as well, because Peyton Ramsey had done well in the first half and uh, second half didn't do anything. He had three turnovers. The same premise kind of applied here. The Buckeyes gave up four touchdowns, certainly, but when they had to have stops, they got them. And in that middle portion of the game, they kept 
Clemson at bay. That's what it looks like when you play complimentary football offense and defense. And Ohio State's offense took full advantage, put up five touchdowns in the first half, and this thing was pretty much over, all all over but the shouting, as they say, uh, from that point on. I've, I've watched the game three times, watched it live, and I've rewatched it twice, and I'm going to rewatch it again today. Um, it's just, again, it's such an enjoyable win. All right, now let's look ahead. Buckeyes versus Alabama for all the marbles a week from tonight in Miami. The line opened at Bama favored by seven. It's now up to Bama is favored by eight. Just what are your, what are your general thoughts on this matchup, Steve? Well, as I said, I did uh, <clears throat> a couple radio shots today and was asked Ohio State wins if, and I said, well, if they're able to maintain this level of physicality, Ohio State is the only team in the country averaging 250 yards rushing and 250 yards passing, which tells you they have great balance. And it's uh, with Trey Sermon now at running back playing like, you know, a better version of Ezekiel Elliott, a more physical version of his. He, he was dishing out the licks, Dave. We were I was watching it with my daughter yesterday, and we just marveled at how he was being hit two and three yards uh, beyond the line of scrimmage and then twisting and fighting and shedding def, uh, tacklers and getting six and eight and 10 yards. And what that was a function of was Ohio state just going out and beating up Clemson, you know, to where they couldn't handle his physicality or the physicality of the offensive line. Is that going to be the case against Alabama? I have not studied Alabama enough to get to know what they have and what they don't have. I need to really drill down on that today and tomorrow. I mean, I thought with I, – I predicted that Ohio State would be more physical than Clemson, and that's what it was born out to be. So that's the first thing. They need to hit a couple big plays. You know, you go back to that game in 2014, 2015, uh, Cardale to Devin uh, Smith was big. Um, you know, we just need to see maybe a couple of those with Wilson and Olave. They in Alabama's had tremendous pass defense problems. Somebody said that they think they're 77th nationally in pass defense, so they've had issues. If they protect fields, he will complete balls downfield. That is my fervent view on this matchup. Other side, they will lose if they turn the ball over and if they give up big plays on defense, which they have done that at times this season, didn't do it against Clemson. And here's the thing, Alabama's got the dudes – to, uh, to do it, this Devontae Smith, who figures to win the Heisman Trophy, he's amazing. Uh, Najee Harris is amazing. The quarterback, Jones, is amazing. So, man, we're in for a real treat, I think. Uh, both defenses are going to be tested, and uh, this one could be in the 30s and 40s. I think they set the over-under in the mid-70s or something. So, we're in for a lot of scoring, I think, on Monday. And uh, first one to 40 may win. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great stuff as always from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Steve. And thank you to all of the listeners for tuning in. Again, check Bucknuts today. We're going to check in with head coach Ryan Day and quarterback Justin Fields over Zoom. Have a great day, Bucknutters.
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.